0: Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't God good this morning? Okay, before we get started, what I want you to do, and I want you to do this if you're watching by Facebook, I want you to look at somebody and go, you're so good looking. Now, don't you feel a lot better? Makes you feel now if even if you had to speak those things that are not as though they were, still makes you feel better. It's like it's all right. You're good looking. Amen. Man, you you know you guys are the best church in the whole world. You look good today. Amen. Appreciate you. Love you. Amen. I don't I don't know about that. I, but uh, we try. But you know what, we're happy today to uh, have Pastor Alex back, and he's been in uh, Africa, amen. And so we're very glad that he's back. Um, He asked me to mention that he is going to be ministering this Wednesday, and uh, he's entitled to his sermon, We're Going to Make It. How many glad you're going to make it? Amen. There's been a few days where I felt like I wasn't going to make it, but he's assured me that this sermon's going to teach us how to make it, amen. And so. You want to come out, you know, and if you have not been out on one of our Wednesday night services, you ought to come out there they're uh, a lot of fun um, they're they're generally pretty short it's only about an hour hour and ten minutes and uh, we just have a great time seven o'clock on Wednesday come on out and be a part of that also he will be Alex will be doing a report uh, from his Africa trip lots of things happened there it was a great trip once again lots of people saved and healed and that kind of stuff he's going to be sharing about that here in a few weeks uh, they just need time to develop all the pictures. And I I know when you say develop, we don't take them to get them developed. Now we have to edit the pictures. So uh, he's going to need some time to do that. It's on various different cameras and whatnot. So in a few weeks, we'll be having him give us a report on Africa. You know, I am very excited about that. And one of the reasons is because Praise Chapel Kingman continues to be a church that's investing in the world. Yes. You know, it's not about us. We 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 step out into this world, and I could tell you that this congregation, through your generosity and liberality, have uh, made the difference um, in places. We were talking to Jack Harris the other day, our our missionary in Iraq. And one of the things he told us is he said if it wasn't for the Kingman Church, much of what had happened in Iraq wouldn't have. And so I could tell you that there are people that are legitimately radically saved because of our investment in the men of God around the world. That includes Africa and uh, uh, places in Asia and Europe and and, uh, Mexico and different places that we've invested. And not only have we invested in the world, we really do invest in Kingman uh, through our Jacob's Ladder program, through our community assistance uh, center, uh, through our prison and jail ministries. Uh, We're seeing people get saved and they're coming to church and And you know what? Their lives are being changed, and and that's really what it's about. We're making a difference in the world. Can you say amen? And so I'm very excited about that. That's exactly what I believe God has planned for us and wants us to do, and we shall continue to do it and, and do it with a good attitude and with... Impact. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me over to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. I want to uh, take a moment, if I can, and share with something with you. As you can tell from the, the title screen, we're going to be entering a series entitled The Holy Spirit, Discovering the Person and the Works of the Holy Spirit. And this is something that has been laid upon my heart in the last uh, several weeks as to the importance of this. Because of the fact that we are making the impact and because of the fact that there's much more to be done, we desperately need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Can you say amen? And so what I thought I would do is is I I, want to begin at the beginning, and that's always a good place to start, isn't it, at the beginning? And I want to talk about the Holy Spirit, and I want to share with you, this is going to be a series of lessons. That I want to share with you. And um, today's message is going to be a very generalized message. I want to introduce the Holy Spirit to you. Those of you that know what I'm talking about know the Holy Spirit. This will be a refresher for those that don't. This will be brand new information. But I I believe that God's got us on a path. Amen. And I believe he wants to help us. So turn over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 starting in verse 16 and 17. And the Bible says these words. But this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. And he says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall see or shall dream dreams. The reason I begin here is because I wanted to use this verse of scripture as a as a launching point into this series, and the reason I did is because when I was studying and putting this message together, and was come, I came across this portion of scripture and what read it, there was something that really stood out to me, that really probably jumped out at me that. Has never really jumped out before. How many believe today in this room we're in the last days? Raise your hand if you believe. Amen. Just about all of us, to some form or another, doesn't matter really what your eschatology belief is, most of us hold to the fact that we're living in the last days. And it was interesting to me that when, when I read this, he says, You know what, in the last days, it shall come to pass, in the last de- days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Yeah. It was interesting to me because. Because one of the markers or one of the, the, the signs, if you will, of the last days would be this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he says, it's not just an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on special people or those that have been called to it. He said, this is going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all flesh. Amen. And he says, and it, it's going to be so significant that even your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. He says and he says your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And so this is this is a prophecy that has a time component with it. It's something that he's saying, "Hey, look, there is the recognition that when we enter into the last days." Now, here's the thing that 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 uh, got my thinking. Why is it then That when we talk about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, do we find something so unsettling? Think about it. We could talk about the last days. We can, hey, we could go, you know what? It's the last days. Just turn on CNN. You'll see it all over the news. It's the last days. Well, God said in those days, there would be an accompanying outpouring of my spirit. And it always amazes me. It always just kind of gets me to think that somewhere along the line, we've kind of missed half of this equation. You know, we're excited for the last days. We think about that. We think about the soon return of Christ. But in the midst of that, he says, when you see this outpouring, when you see that, he says, you'll know you're in the last days and I'm going to do something powerful in your midst. And I believe that's what's happening. So we need to get to know this Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen. We, get to, we need to get to know this. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to talk to you about what one of the most important subjects in the Bible, and that is the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, the moment you got saved, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt within you. So what does that mean? That means that if you're a Christian in this place, he's within you at this very moment. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? See, when you got saved, Jesus took up residence in your heart by his Spirit. Can you say amen? Now think about that for a moment. How important for the everyday Christian is this? Think about the implications. We're talking about God living in us. Amen. We're not talking about we go meet God at church. We're not talking about we have moments with God when we read our Bible. We're talking about as we go daily in this life, God is alive and well through His Spirit in our lives. Can you say amen? He dwells in us by His Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, is the third person. Of the Godhead, he's equal to and co-equal with God the Father and God the Son. The Holy Spirit is not the lesser of the gods, as it were. He's not an insignificant member. He's not even a member of the Godhead that's shrouded in ministry or mystery. He is the third member of the Godhead that puts salvation together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Come, on. Come on now. And if that's true then His importance and relevance in our lives must be something that we not only understand, but we must make certain that He has an active role in everything we do. Now, if you're like most people, you've probably been somewhat misinformed about the Holy Spirit to some degree or another. Now, after years of ministry experience, I've been uh, uh, ordained this September 12th, I'll be ordained 30 years in ministry. And, And in that time, I have seen firsthand that most Christians hold a distorted, inaccurate, or incomplete view of the Holy Spirit. See, many Christians treat the Holy Spirit, kind of like their crazy uncle who shows up at Thanksgiving and horrifies everybody with their behavior, the inappropriate behavior. You know, we all have the crazy, uh, we have a crazy uncle or a weird cousin or, you know, the second cousin that, you know, you never know who they're bringing their plus one is like questionable and and it is like, you know... (laughs) It's like, they're family, so we got to invite them, and it's like, dear God, what's going to happen? They're, they always say something. They're always doing, they, you know, they just, you know, they'll, they'll rip the drumstick right off the turkey and walk around the house. Yeah, that's it, man, Thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. And it's like, wow, dude, we, it's not done yet. Let it cook. And you know, it's, they're just weird. They're just, they're just strange people. We all, we all have them, right? we. So and you're, right now you're trying to think you're thinking in your mind who is my weird uncle and if you can't think of anybody guess what, you're it <laughs> you're the weird one in the family if, if you're sitting there thinking I don't know any weird people in my family then you're the one you're, Shannon God love you Shannon I love you too we, you're it tag. tag, you're it that's why we love you Shannon we truly really do we love Shannon. But what happens is we, we treat him as if he were some misfit. And what happens, this, this distorted view uh, of the Holy Spirit sidelines him from being the very best friend that we could ever have. And we end up living our lives completely unaware that this loving, amazing person... Wants to know us. Wants to fill us with great and wonderful things. Listen to me today, just just for a moment. This dynamic, full life that Jesus promised—it really is a natural outgrowth or an natural outflow of the intimate friendship which we have. With the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons that so many Christians struggle in their relationship with God is because they've put the Holy Spirit in a place where they resist him. They, 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 they want to sideline him. They want to put him aside. It's like he's, he's just, you know, oh, I just he's the crazy uncle. But I, I believe that God wants us to experience his presence and his power. Think, just think about it for a moment. Just think about this. I, I, I really believe that God wants you to have an encounter with his Holy Spirit. Years ago, a young husband and wife were talking about how that since they got married, things had really improved and how that God had been blessing them. And the young wife took the opportunity to ask her husband if they could go out and buy a new comforter for their bed because the old one had become, you know, bare and it was torn and <clears throat> it really didn't keep them warm at night anymore, and being the typical guy, the husband thought that they would buy just a simple, plain, you know, (coughs) comforter that would get the job done, but that was not the case, because the wife bought this thick, plush, oversized, beautiful comforter that, quite honestly, was very expensive. And in spite of the cost, the husband was excited to put it on the bed and he thought, oh man, I can't wait till tonight when we can just get out underneath that comforter and be so toasty warm and, and all of that and was he was really looking forward to bedtime so that he could really enjoy this new comforter that they got. But when they walked when he walked into the bedroom that night, he noticed that the new comforter was not on the bed, but the old one was still there. And calling out to his wife, he says, "Hey, where is that new comforter? Where? What have you done with it? And why is the old one still here?" And she says, "Listen, that new comforter is just for looking at." (laughs) And here's the problem: many Christians have been given a comforter. We've been given a helper, a friend, but they treat him as if he were just for looking at. Right. (laughs) See, the Holy Spirit means once and means so much more than just being an ornamental feature in our lives. See, here's the problem as I see it. Most Christians know little to nothing about the Holy Spirit. And as a result, they are shrouded in mystery, or he, I should say, is shrouded in mystery. His work is perceived as spooky, and a little dangerous. And for many, they tolerate him by keeping him in the background, long as he behaves. You know, we we say things like, yeah, yeah, the Holy Spirit's good when I'm in the closet. Well, some of the Christians need to come out of the closet. We need to get him out of the closet. You know, why is it, why is it, let me let me just kind of vent here a little bit. This this is, it'll be fun, you'll be all right. Why is it that we end up with more faith in the devil's power to distort than God's ability to keep? That's right Because that's what happens. See, when we walk in fear, do you know what fear is? It's just faith in the negative. Are you hearing me? But see, what happens is we've become fearful. Because there has been distortions. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying there hasn't been distortions. There's all kinds of wrong doctrine out there. There's all kinds of wrong doctrine about salvation, about giving, about loving, about salvation. There's all kinds of stuff. But the Holy Spirit seems to be the one that we throw out with the, you know, the baby with the bathwater. Well, let me tell you something today. God will hold you. God will keep you. If you will trust Him and not resist Him and not simply just tolerate Him, you will see who He really is. Yep. So who is this Holy Spirit and why is it so important that I get to know Him? Well, like I said in the beginning, this message really is going to emphasize some general truths about the Holy Spirit. And as we get, go along in the, in the series, we'll get a little bit deeper and deeper And so for those of you that have come to know him, this will be a refresher. But for those of you that don't, I'm hoping this stirs you and inspires you. Simply put, the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Godhead, and his greatest desire is to be your best friend. Can you say amen? Now Jesus introduces to his disciples on the eve of his crucifixion the Holy Spirit. In John 14... Chapter 14, 15, and 16, it records a conversation that Jesus has with these young men who are his disciples. And he's telling them of things to come. He's telling them of things that he must suffer and things they must do. And, it, and he begins this conversation in many ways with a demonstration of what he is about to reveal to them. And he says in John chapter 14, verse one, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus understood the difficult days that were ahead. They were about to see things that would horrify them, the weight of responsibility he was putting on them, and the understanding that he was going to go away from them. I imagine it had to be too much for the disciples. They were probably overwhelmed, and they felt incredibly vulnerable, and I'm sure that fear was rising up, the questions and the confusion. But Jesus does something. He begins to demonstrate to them what he had been all about. He said, I have been with you. He says, "You don't, don't let your heart be troubled. He said, you believed in me. I've been your safety net. I, I've been your comforter. I, I've been your helper. I've been there. So believe also in me. He says, you believe in God. Believe also in me. Trust me in this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then he goes on in verse 16. He says, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper. Helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now note this word helper. Jesus tells his disciples that the role and the nature of this person that he's about to send is to help. The Holy Spirit never came to hinder, or to confuse, or to worry, or to scare. He is a helper. In fact, Jesus goes on to assure them that this helper will not be a complete stranger. Jesus said, he dwells with you and will be in you. Now listen, this, this word dwells in you, it's, it means he's, he's there, because you, he, you guys get this, because you guys understand who I've been to you, He's going to be in you like I've been with you. And he goes, but you know what? Somewhere, this is going to go deeper than just being around you. He goes, I'm going to fill you with him. I'm going to immerse you in him. Jesus is speaking that they were going to have another experience, this incredible experience with God. And he says, look it, I'm going to do something that's going to blow your mind. Amen. Amen. Jesus was, in essence, telling them that even though I'm leaving, I will still be with you through my spirit. He won't do anything I don't tell him to do, and he won't say anything I don't say. you got to catch that. He says, I'm going to still be with you, but it will be through my spirit. And the Holy Spirit has been sent specifically He was sent by Jesus, dispatched by Jesus to help you and I in every way. In John 14, 25 through 26, the Bible says this, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And he will bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. He says, look, at this helper is going to come alongside you, and he is going to teach you all things. What an incredible promise. He is not going to leave us in the dark. Can you say amen? See, do you know there's nothing that God is not an expert at? He, he knows it all. He knows the beginning from the end. Are you hearing me? He knows what we have need of, and he has the answers. In the moments when we are confused and when we are unsure, when we are limited, the Holy Spirit will rise up. That's the point of the Holy Spirit is to lead and guide our way. How many remember the scripture that says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light on our path? Well, let me tell you something. The word of God cannot be discerned without the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons Christians are struggling in their their walk in the word is because they have resisted the Holy Spirit. And so they've literally turned the light off. See, the switch on the light is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that opens this thing up, and you go, wow, look at that. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Amen. That helped me. In James chapter 1, verse 5, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask of God. He gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. In other words, he goes, look, I want to show you. You gotta understand this, church. See, so often we think God is stingy and up in heaven, folded his arms with his, you know, his eyebrows furrowed, looking down at us, going, You better get it right. God knows we can't get it right without him. God loves us and he's there for us, and he wants, when you lack wisdom, ask. You know, and, and he says without finding fault. In other words, here, let me put it in modern 21st century language. There are no dumb questions yes, concerning amen. God. Amen. You could go to God and say, God, I don't get this. And He goes, okay, let me show you. Right. And you can open up to him. But listen to me, you have to receive him. Yes. Amen. And here, you have to receive him on his terms, not yours. Right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. This is the problem because, see, so for so often we've, we've been told stories about the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, you, you better watch out. You get that crazy Holy Spirit thing, done, next thing you know, you'll be drinking poison and holding snakes. Look, at the, if you ever see me holding a snake up here, hit me with a baseball bat. You yeah. right. got it? That, that's so crazy. That's such a distortion. Yes. Listen to what I'm saying. Come on, there's there's some stuff that are just no brainers, aren't they? It's just you sit there and you just scratch your head and go, what? <laughs> Amen. Right. But there are some things in the Holy Spirit. See, we just don't need to be afraid of that stuff. Right. What's what's Pastor going to do now? I, 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 I. Uh-oh. God's got us. He's it's okay. Amen. It's okay. We can trust Him. He's a good safety net. He, yeah. he doesn't let us down. Yeah. Can you say yeah. amen? Good. Amen. Thank God. But that's not all he does. In John 15, 26, it says, But when the helper comes, whom I shall send you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. That word testify literally means to reveal, to prove, to make known. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we can come to understand the mysteries of the Son of God. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we grow closer and more intimate with the Father in relationship. Notice that he's called a couple times here the Spirit of Truth. Do you know why that is? It's because he's the antidote to the father of lies. Listen to what I'm saying. Let's go back just for a moment. How many know it's the devil's job to lie? You, you say, how do I know he's lying? If he's moving his lips, he's lying. So if you say, well, the devil's been speaking to me, don't believe it. So if the devil, if the devil here's, the, here's the strategy. If the devil says, well, you're a failure, celebrate, because that must mean I'm a success, because he cannot tell the truth. So he goes, well, you're alone and nobody likes you. Thank God people are thinking about me right now because you're a liar. Now we only can understand that reality, even though that seems simplistic and maybe even a little juvenile, we can only understand that reality in the context of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's the spirit of truth. That's why we have nothing to be afraid of. Look at, I know we can make mistakes, I know that we can go left when we should have went right. I know that we can even speak things and say they are from God and God's name is on it. But God is not up in heaven freaked out. Because he's pretty secure. And he's able to correct his children. Look at, see the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And what he does when we get off, he brings us back. What he does is he causes discernment and understanding to come, and he corrects, gently corrects his children. This is the thing that has irritated me a little bit over the years with Western Christianity. Because we get so freaked out over the moving of the Holy Spirit. But Let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit is so Biblical. John chapter 16, verse 12 through 14 says, I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And what he will tell you, or, and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? No longer do we have to stumble in darkness because the Holy Spirit makes our way clear. He clears every step. Sometimes what we have to do, church, is just slow down. Take a deep breath and say, Lord, show me. Holy Spirit, would you show me what I need to do here? I'm going to, I'll tell you, if you'll do that, you'll be amazed. Look at the next time your boss accuses you of something that you didn't do, instead of reacting in defense, walk away and say, Holy Spirit, how do I respond? When your wife or husband does something with to you or around you that you find offensive, instead of reacting, get alone and say, Holy Spirit, what do I do here? If the bank tells you you have a bill or you've bounced a check or if the hospital does something, they send you a bill, says we're turning you into collections. Instead of reacting, stop and say, Holy Spirit, what is it that I should do? How should I respond? You will find that in those moments, God will speak to you. In those moments, sometimes what he'll do is he'll just say, stay calm. He might just say, trust me. And what you need to do at that moment is trust him. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to take matters into your own hands. Don't try to do something that God hasn't told you to do. Trust him. Let him lead you. And you will find that he'll be right there. He'll lead you. He'll make a way where there is no way. He still knows how to cause water to pour out of a rock. He still has the recipe to manna. He knows how to make it. He can provide in ways that you can't even think of. He still knows how to put coins in fish's mouths. And he still knows how to make donkeys talk. And, you know, he still knows how to do some wild stuff. And if you let him, he'll do it. But you're going to have to stop. You're going to have to slow down and say, wait a second, God, what is it? And he will guide you into all truth. And he will tell you of things to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, Jesus understood the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in the heart of the individual that's surrendered to God. That's why in John 16, 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Think about that for a moment. You've you got to catch this. Jesus, the Son of God, the Jesus, who is God in the flesh, who is all God and all man, is standing in front of the disciples, and he says, it is better for you that I go away so that I can send the one. Because if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. This is how important the indwelling and the immersion of the Holy Spirit in our lives See, the key role of the Holy Spirit is to help us. Four times in the scriptures we've mentioned, he has talked about being a helper. The Greek word for helper is parakletos. Now, parakletos is an interesting word because it's a compound word. It's a compound Greek word of para and kletos. Now, the reason this makes it interesting is because when you tear the word apart and you go, what does para mean? This is where it gets exciting for me. Para means come Come alongside. Okay. kletos literally means calling. So parakletos is a calling to come alongside. In other words, Jesus said, I'm calling my spirit to come alongside you. In everything you do. He's called the helper. In John, 1 John 2.1, it says, my little children... These things I write to you so that you may not sin, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now, the reason that this is interesting to me is because in this particular scripture, the word advocate, which indicates one who represents one to a judge, is also the word "parakletos." So Jesus describes of himself the act of salvation representing us before the Father, bringing His shed blood into the altar and saying, I'm paying the price for them. I'm standing instead of them. I'm representing them. This act is the same word described as the helper. He comes and He says, look at it's going to be just like if I was there. My spirit is to come do what I've started, to finish what I began. Rick Renner says this in his interpretation. He says, Paracletos gives us the picture of someone who has come closely alongside of another to t- for the sake of speaking to them, consoling them, comforting them, assisting them with instruction, counsel, and advice. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. See, the bottom line This morning is this, the Holy Spirit was sent to help, to help us so that we would know what to say when we were speechless, to know when to not talk when we wanted to talk, to guide us, to teach us, to remind us, to empower us, to protect us, to convict us of wrong, to help us find our identity in Christ and to expose the enemy in the attack. One thing is for sure this morning is when you open yourself up to the ministry of the Holy Spirit you'll find that he will help you in every area Amen. of your life. Amen. Are you hearing that? Amen. So as we bring this to a close I want you to I want to take this just a just a, another step further, just a small step further. Jesus calls us to be filled And to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he understands this calling, this this one that's going to come alongside us. He understands the purpose and the power that's going to be at work. See, here's the goal of the Holy Spirit. The goal of the Holy Spirit is to replicate the life of Christ in us. Jesus put it this way, the things that I do, you shall do greater. Why? Because I go to my Father. Why was that significant? Because him going to his father meant the Holy Spirit would be sent. Yes. Amen. Okay. Are you hearing me? Yeah. This has been the plan from the very beginning. That's right. Look at Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, starting in verse 16. It says, "Jesus answered and say, uh, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So just as Jesus is being introduced to the living world, also the Holy Spirit is being introduced. He says, this one that you see, this one that has come, this one that's going to take away the sins of the world, he's going to do something pretty wild. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And then Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 8, it says this: And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. What was the promise of the Father? It was the Holy Spirit, which he said, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. In, be witness to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, into the end of the earth. I love this portion of Scripture because here's the disciples. They they kind of got distracted with how things are going to wind up. Right. But what Jesus does is he gently redirects them and says, "Look at what well, you have a calling. You have a job to do, and you're going to need power. And so you need to go and wait for the power to come." See, Christians, one of the reasons we're not having the impact, we're not waiting for the power. We, we need to be empowered. Can you say amen? We need to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, Now, when the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound of heaven as a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. You know, Cindy Schutte shared that verse of scripture in the Old Testament where it talked about in their worship when they begin to worship. She shared this with me between services and how when they became, when they became one voice, when they, when they came together to worship, they had one cause, and that was to worship God. A cloud descended. Well, in this case... The same thing happened. They weren't in all in one mind, one accord. They had one goal. They weren't distracted. They were there for him. And that Holy Spirit, that thing, that cloud, began to fill the house where they were sitting. And there appeared divided tongues of fire. One sat on each of them. As they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Church, there's something powerful that's taking place there there's a precedent being set for the church. And that promise, the Bible talks about, if you read on further, it says, This promise is for anyone who would receive Him, for all that were called, as a far off as our God may call. So that means you and I. This is for you and I. And then Acts chapter 4, I love this, verse 29 through 31, it says, Now look, now Lord look they're praying the disciples are praying they've had this incredible encounter on the day of Pentecost they've gone out a few days have passed they've they've been witnesses they begin to do what God called them to do and they came back and they said now look now Lord look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness that we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in through the name of the your holy servant Jesus, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word with of God with boldness. The amazing thing to me in this portion of Scripture is they had been baptized, but they were baptized again. That was the reason why? Well, because we leak. We leak. But what's interesting to me in this is if I if I just take a moment and kind of look between the lines here a little bit what this is describing to me as a continuation it's a relationship see relationship is a living breathing thing my relationship with my wife it's it's ever growing it's it's you know married 30 almost 33 years now and 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 in that we've been growing growing together and I I I have to say and if Amy watches this by Facebook, I love being an empty nester. I, I, didn't, I, I, I'm, I love my children. I love Amy. I love the boys. I really do. But I love the fact they have their own houses. Man, it is, it's awesome. Me and Kathy have a new relationship happening. It's great. Well, no, the grandkids do come over, but you know what? Well, I get to send them home. I jack them up on sugar. See ya. It's great. It's great. And 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 somewhere along the line, this relationship that Kathy and I have is, it's 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 taken on a new dimension already. And we don't get tired of one another. We, we, we took a trip last year was I think last year or the year before we were 14 days d- drove 4,780 miles in a car together and loved every minute of it we had people come up to us and go, how do you stand to be together that long because we love one another it's a living breathing thing and it's growing this is the kind of relationship that he's talking about with the Holy Spirit and when he says that he filled them again he filled them again and he filled them again and he filled them again and the outcome of that repeated filling was that there was signs and wonders and miracles and all of these things moved now listen a lot of people get upset about signs and wonders they're like oh what's that about it's simple a sign what's a sign for when I got to go to the bathroom, I look for a bathroom sign. It points to something, and when the, when the Holy Spirit is giving the sign, it points to one thing, and that's Jesus. Amen. It's a verification that he is alive and well and on the throne. He said, "Well, what's a wonder about?" Exactly what it said. It makes you go, "Hmm, I wonder about that." That's right. See, I wonder about talking donkeys. I don't know about you, but I wonder about that. I, I wonder about coins in fishes' mouths. Amen. I, I, I wonder about staffs turning into snakes and one staff eating the other staff. I, I, I don't I wonder about that. I wonder about oceans opening up and you can walk on dry land. I wonder about water flowing out of a rock. I wonder about bread falling out of heaven. I wonder about that. Those are wonders. They're, they're, they're moments where you go, we got an awesome God. Yeah. It makes me daydream about Him. It makes me think about Him. It makes me go, wow, that's big. That's what's happening. And church, when we just trust the Holy Spirit, look, at it, it's not to say that we won't do something wrong. We will, but we trust that He'll guide us back. That He's big enough. Come come on, no, 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 don't get in the weeds. Come over here, come come back. And he holds us accountable. So, what's the point? Here's the point it was then and it is now the express will of God that we did not just be filled, but that we be immersed in the Holy Spirit. See, it's one thing for the glass to have water in it, it's another thing for the glass to be in the water. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's what he wants for us. Jack Hayford says this, to be spirit-filled is to have the king himself come and receive divine power from his own hand. To be spirit-filled, he said, is to have the Holy Spirit, the oil of heaven, to be poured out from God's throne and to be anointed by Jesus Christ himself. See, at the heart of this amazing plan of the Holy Spirit is this beautiful Old Testament picture. It was called the practice of anointing. Now here's, I'm I'm, I'm about done. I promise I'm going to get us out here. See, when they anointed, see they only anointed three types of people in the Old Testament. They anointed prophets, priests, and kings. Now here's the thing. In the New Testament, the identity that we carry is being a prophet, priest, and king. And we are anointed with the golden oil of the Holy Spirit to do what he's called us to do. Do you know what? Here, listen. I'm almost done. Man, I'm getting goosebumps. Hang on. This is good. I'm not going to stop now. See, as a priest, we're spirit-filled so we can extend worship, so that we can extend a witness, so that we can empower. As, As a prophet... We're, we're anointed so that we can explain the mysteries of God. And as a king, we're anointed to expand the borders of the kingdom. That's who we are. And it's with this anointing of the Holy Spirit that's poured out of heaven that we are able to accomplish what he has set for us. And it all begins... With the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Amen. So next week, guess what we're going to talk about? Talk about the baptism, of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Because I believe, I believe, see. Let me say this to you. We got a moment here. I'm I'm late, so you, now I'm late, so might as well be really late. So let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. A lot of people think they have preconceived ideas, like, oh, here we go. You're going to get me doing wild and crazy things. No, I'm not. God is a gentleman. And sometimes the supernatural outpouring of his spirit produces a still, small voice that is gentle and compassionate, but will lead you. For those of you that are a little more crazy... He will do he'll rock your world he'll get yes. you he get you running around a church when you should be sitting in a wheelchair right up. Right up, yes. amen because he knows who you are That's right. there's no preconceived ideas about this what this is is about a relationship yes it's about a relationship can you say amen, amen. Why don't you amen. bow your heads with me father we thank you God for your goodness we thank you for your truth we ask that you God, just would create a hunger in us. Create a hunger in us, God, that we would just hunger and thirst after your spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask that you move in and through this congregation. Lord, we ask that you would touch lives, heal bodies and minds, pour yourself out into our lives, God. And Lord, we're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. And Father, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Why don't you stand to your feet all across this place. Our prayer team is coming. If you have a need of any kind, come on up. Let them pray for you. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.